Smartcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Okay, here we go. It is time for week 15 of the WannaBet podcast. As always, it is David Schiff here with Miles V, my partner and my compatriot. Miles, how are you doing this week? What's going on, buddy? Hi, I'm Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. Yeah, David, very, very exciting this week. We now get Saturday football, which could not come at a better time. I don't know about you last Saturday. I was searching desperately for something to watch on television, and I came across Army versus Navy, and like that was it. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Yes, this is this is the scrounging week, and and God God bless the NFL because we're just not getting enough games in our life. So they are adding Saturday football. Uh, it's a fourth day of football. It should be a national holiday. It is a good thing starting next week. And by the way, speaking of good things, the one of Bet Boys, you and I really had a nice week. We were four one and one this week. We both solidly cashed. Uh, had a good time. So we're going to get into that in a minute. But uh, yeah, nice, nice week for both of us. Yeah. And couldn't couldn't have come at a better time right around the holidays and uh, very excited about uh, these last few weeks of football. And uh, again, now I've got something to do uh, on both days of the weekend, which is great. And uh, yeah, NBA is also heating up a little bit and college hoops are starting to play. So yeah, when it's getting cold, it just means uh, time to bundle up and, uh, and and watch your sports, which I know it never gets cold in Los Angeles. That is the one thing I miss. Yeah, it was a, a nice 74 degrees. I was in the jacuzzi tonight. I am not complaining. And by the way, um, speaking of this week in football, I'm going to just jump right into the pop quiz because I got a good one for you. And I think you're going to either know this immediately or you're not. But something is happening this week in the NFL that has never, ever happened before. Do you know what that is? I think I do. I think it's that Nick Mullins is starting quarterback for uh, one of the teams this year. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Mullins will be the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. We're going to talk about that later. But that is not what I'm referring to. Can Can I give you a small hint? Sure. So this thing that I'm referring to is good news for football watchers like you and I. All right. Uh, is, is is some kind of scheduling thing? Are we going to get Yes. Really? For the first time ever, the flex has been enacted for Monday Night Football. So instead of watching the crappy New England Patriots, Patriots against the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday, we are going to get the Eagles-Seahawks. It's the first time ever that the flex schedule has been implemented. So we get a better game. 
Nice. Well, I think everyone will appreciate that on come Monday night. Uh, I thought I read this week that Bill Belichick was secretly fired and it's just being announced. What? Yeah, something like they decided after the Germany game that uh, they were going to let him go. And so I, I don't know if you caught that or if I'm just reading you know, conspiracy Twitter, but it almost, I, I don't, you'd think there'd be bigger news, I guess, if you haven't heard of it, but uh, that's what I read. There's certainly been conversation left and right about whether he's passed his prime and whether he needs to move on and whether this is going to be his last season. I would be shocked if the Patriots outright fired him with the pedigree that he has. You would think that they would get to the season and he would announce that he's not coming back. Every time he's asked about it, all he just says is he's preparing for the next game. All right. Well, I jumped the gun, maybe. Okay. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't have credible sources. What we need is John's Vagdus to weigh in and tell (laughs) us exactly what's going on in uh, in Beantown. We need a reporter on the scene. We need boots on the the ground in Beantown. Yes, we do. Well, that that would be quite some news. Um, real quickly before we get into our recap, I, I keep coming back to the same thing. Like it feels like nobody wants to win the AFC. Do, do you feel that way? Like, sure. You know, Miami with just a collapse beyond all collapses this week. Kansas City loses to you know Buffalo. Jacksonville is scuffling. Baltimore they're the number one seed. You could argue they have the best path, but they gave up a ton of points to the Rams. There's just nobody who's really, you know stepping out and and showing that they want to take this division at least that i can see yeah it was and that was really a tough win by baltimore i i thought that the rams might actually come through and and win that game so you're right they just maybe they're just saving it up for uh when it really matters in the playoffs and all of this jostling for position is is simply that um I don't know. I mean, obviously no one's guaranteed to make the playoffs, and it seems like there's a lot of teams that are knocking on the door and teams that you counted out early yeah. that are still, you know, in the hunt. So uh, Denver Broncos. Yeah, Denver Broncos. I think the Chicago Bears even have a chance to make the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be interesting these last few weeks to see who's going to uh, wake up and start playing for real and, uh, and who's going to – fade off into oblivion or Bolivia, as uh, as Mike Tyson once said. Well, Miles, I did edge you out this week. So do you want to jump into your recap? You you did have a solid week at two and one, but uh, how did you do? Yeah, I thought I had a really good week and I was excited. I, I had a, I sent you some picks. You know, the funny part we talked last week was uh, there was that fishy over underline at 31 and a <laughs> half that I was reluctant to take. And that was the Jacksonville Cleveland game. So I wasn't on that game. I spotted that line and thought, why is it so low? And we thought, okay, there's weather and Trevor Lawrence was questionable. Boy, that game came in easy. I mean, both of the lines that started out at 30 or 30 and a half yeah. came in with no problem. Bailey Zappi said, take your 30 point under and shove it on Thursday night. Yeah, he actually scored some touchdowns against the Steelers. Yeah, I, but yeah, both of those really low unders came in pretty easily. I wish I would have acted on that, but I didn't. I did act on uh, an under that was low. And fortunately, I, I acted early because that didn't stay. The total didn't stay there. That was the Chicago Detroit game. I got it at 40. And ultimately, only 41 points were scored. So I I'm won my bet. But if you made that bet later on in the week, you probably saw the total at 43 or 43 and a half. And that really was a surprising game. Weather had nothing to do with it. Uh, it really was just kind of two teams that you know are in the divisional. They play each other twice a year, forever. There's a rivalry there. And you, you, they like to score points. But this was a game where it was a lot of 
fourth downs and go for it. And they didn't, they never made it. I mean, there was at least three times uh, at fourth down where they went for it and turned it over on downs. And there was one time where the bears had it fourth and 13 and went for it. And what happened? <laughs> they scored a touchdown. Yeah. And I needed that touchdown. That was a big, big touchdown uh, to help push it over the top. There was a, a doinked extra point, which, uh, which every better who has the over hates because not only do you lose that point, but the next time they scored a touchdown, they went for two to try to chase, and they didn't get that. And you're just going, oh, my God, all these points that should be on the board are not there. But like I said, at 40, it came in. If you had it at 43, uh, I'm sorry that you, uh, that, you, that you lost. Yeah, one funny thing about this game, though, is like you look at the score and you're like 41. Oh, my God, you just barely got there. What a sweat. But it really wasn't a sweat because they got there early in the fourth quarter. So it was the same score, you know, really for the last you know 15 minutes of the game. So, you know, you didn't really have to sweat too much. There was a lot of points, um, you know, scored in the first half. Detroit, I don't think, scored in the second half. But Chicago did just enough to get you to the over. So good good bet there. Yeah, thank you. I was, uh, I was pleased that I locked that one in. And even more pleased that I locked in the Dallas versus Philadelphia game. Uh, that one was Dallas minus three and a half, and I got that at even money. So that was 330 to win 330. And the beauty of that one is everyone was been saying, oh, you know, Dallas hasn't beaten a team with a winning record. Who has Dallas beaten? Uh, look at that game, and I'll tell you who they beat. They beat the hell out of the Philadelphia Eagles. That one wasn't even close. They sure did. Yeah, you were right on that game. And we've really identified a tired Eagles team. They've had a couple of rough weeks lately. Well, and that's just it. Uh, I've been following them pretty closely. And it's not that I think that they're a bad team. I think they're a great team. It's just really the the schedule, the the point in the in the year with where they have the schedule. Uh, you know, it's kind of not a surprise that they that they've lost two in a row, and that's fine. I think the best team in the NFC uh, at the Forty uh, ers lost three in a row at one point. So you can still do that, make the playoffs, and and you know have a great chance at uh, at making that Super Bowl run. And I, I don't think that uh, that these losses are going to necessarily affect them. They are now tied with the with Dallas, but I think have the tiebreaker, so they control their own destiny. And, uh, you know, that game just for me, um, you know, was was just easy to predict that, you know, Dallas needed a big win. That, you know, this is the second time they played this time at Dallas. And uh, and that one came in well. Yeah, I don't think uh, either of us are on this game, but I'm going to be curious to see how Dallas plays in Buffalo this week. That's probably the game of the week. That's a big game. And then Philadelphia is coming right back to play in Seattle. So there's just no rest for these teams. Um, but, yeah, the Dallas spanked the Eagles. And the Eagles, they, they need to catch their breath a little bit. I totally agree. Um, but last week wasn't the week to do it. So the the third game, which was the one that I lost, really a frustrating game. It was the Monday night, well, one of the Monday night games because there were two Monday night games, which I don't know about you. I didn't really like having to compete watching the same game at the same time. No, they used to do it where they had an early game and they had a late game. And that was great. As a football fan on Monday night, I want to be able to watch everything. And yeah, I was watching the Green Bay game too because you were on it. But yeah, I would have liked to watch the the Dolphin, you know, certainly the end of that game. No doubt. And yeah, it's, frust- it's frustrating that you have to pick. Right. And both of those games were close. And and you you wanted to watch both, and I just think that was a major fail 
uh, by the NFL. So hopefully they got enough feedback on that to not really try that experiment again because I just was not a big fan. We're going to have to blow the computer. Uh, and as everyone knows, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> Speaking of not a big fan, let's talk about the Packers. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Packers. And at one point I thought, I thought this is great. The uh, the Packers, who I can't stand, are not only going to win, but they're they're going to not cover. So I'm going to get the worst of all worlds. Uh, fortunately, they lost, and I say that not from a betting standpoint because I bet them at minus six and a half. But uh, yeah, it that game was just a horrible watch. Um, you know, at one point, I didn't know if I was watching the special teams. Or I didn't know if I was watching special needs because I don't know if you <laughs> noticed, but there were two punt returns like back to back where the guy muffs the catch and turns it over on a punt return, which is just to me the worst thing you can do. It's fourth down. They've decided not to go for it, which is now crazy because everyone's going for it on fourth down. They are giving you the ball. So take it like clear out, get the ball. Who the hell cares? Take your possession. But no, they couldn't even do that, right? And it was really, really ugly. You cannot deny Tommy Cutlet, who is the the star of uh, New Jersey right now. Everybody loves that guy. They love his family. He's delivering wins. He's turning into a little of a Josh Dobbs story. Nice to see. And yeah, you and I were texting at the end of that game, and you couldn't figure out if you wanted you wanted Green. It, you weren't going to win your bet, but you wanted Green Bay to lose the game. So that was a small silver lining for you. Yeah. And how about that uh, Bronx Tale looking agent that uh, that Davido has? The guy looks like Cologino from the movie. <laughs> right out of central casting, that dude. Yeah, I'm gonna make him an offer. Again with you. That was that was something weird too. I mean, I, that's just a charade. But uh, what a weird story. The guy lives at home. The guy's parents are going to the game and giving out chicken cutlets and yeah, yeah just a bizarre. But look, that one I missed. Uh, I kind of thought that. Green Bay, you know, was on a roll and could maybe smell the the playoffs and possibly compete for the division. That was a setback. I don't think they're out of it. Uh, and I think actually this week could be a bounce back week for them. But uh, it, it really turned me off. And uh, and and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from them. And, uh, and this was just a, a horrible game to watch. Yeah, I had said, I think that the numbers scared me, you know, Green Bay, Jordan Love, even though he'd been playing better to go on the road against the Giants was a tall task and just wasn't there was a sequence early on, though, where like the Giants missed a field goal. And then the Packers got it with good field position. And they went for it on fourth down and they barely made it. Maybe there was a questionable sort of spot that wasn't challenged. And then they ended up scoring a touchdown. I was thinking, wow, when things like that happen, maybe your bet really is going to come in. But they they weren't able to do it. Look, no, nothing to apologize for. You you banked fifteen hundred dollars this week. I've got you at fifteen five ninety six uh, after fourteen weeks. So you're up almost sixteen hundred dollars and doing really well as usual. Thank you. I'm happy with the cashing. Um, you know that game. Uh, I waited till the Monday night and it was a lot of drama because all of your games had already come in. And so I thought this could be interesting and it just didn't go my way. And yeah, you were right though. The, the, the Packers did start out, you know, looking like they could definitely win and cover, but they did not play four quarters. They, uh, they looked, they looked flat. They just, they made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. They're a really young team and sometimes young teams on the road, they just don't come out, you know, with the right foot forward. Uh, so 
Uh, I did edge you out a little bit. I finished the week with 1676. So like you two weeks ago, all of my games last week were the afternoon games. So I got settled in and I was just trying to figure out what the heck was going on. And for the third time this year, I go undefeated in that I did not take a loss, but I am not perfect in that I did have a tie in there. Uh, I'll get to that in just a second. So my big bet of the week is I, I had San Francisco minus uh, ten and a half over Seattle. They were playing at home, four forty to win four hundred. The final was twenty eight to sixteen. Uh, so it did come in. It was not the stomping that I thought was going to happen. And when I made this bet a week ago, Geno Smith was the starting quarterback for the Seahawks, but he had an injury this week. So Drew Locke was announced as a starter. And I thought, fantastic. This is going to be great. Yeah. The 49ers get the ball first on the first play. Christian McCaffrey runs for 73 yards on the second play. They score a touchdown. So they're up seven to nothing. Drew Locke's the starting quarterback. I'm already counting this money like 30 seconds into the game. Drew Locke throws a 31 yard touchdown pass to uh, DK Metcalf right after that. So he comes right back. Uh, and, And, you know, Seattle was tough. They put up a fight. In the end, just too much San Francisco. Purdy had his uh, highest uh, output uh, yardage-wise, I think. Uh, He threw for 368 yards. Debo had two touchdowns. Again, not the domination I expected from San Francisco, but enough. Their defensive line did get to Drew Locke. Like I said, they were going to get to the quarterback. Four sacks, two fumbles. But again, the football gods, they are so sort of evil. So this game is minus 10 and a half. And the 49ers are up by 12. That is a precarious position to be because a field goal covers your bet and you get screwed. And it stayed there for the whole fourth quarter. It just went back and forth at 28 to 16. So I sweated it out. It came in. Thank goodness Seattle didn't score in the fourth quarter. And I was able to put 840 in my bank. That was a nice start. You're luckier than you think because we, you know, recorded early and made our picks early. That spread changed. It went from 10 and a half all the way up to at one point I saw it at 14. And some of mine, it even got up to 16 when when they heard that Geno Smith wasn't playing. Yeah, I saw it at 13 and 14 too. So you're right. These early, these early lines do help us out. I've got a pick coming up that is an early line that's already move since i made it yesterday yeah so yeah but uh i in fact uh someone in the army had san francisco and it didn't come in for them because they got it at a different spread so even though it's at at 12 there are a lot of players that uh that were losing at 12 so well of course those lines can cut both ways but in this case it did work out for me so I'm going to move on to the game that I tied, and that was Minnesota. I had uh, the Raiders uh, plus three at home over Minnesota, 330 to win 300. So if you were in Las Vegas and you paid to see this game, here's what you paid to see. You paid to see 17 punts, two fumbles, an interception, one missed field goal, and one made field goal with under two minutes left. So I did a little digging and got some info that – there hasn't been a three to nothing game in the NFL in 16 years. And actually it was scoreless in the first half. And so was the Jets Houston game. That hasn't happened in like 40 years where two games were both scoreless at the half. There was just no offense in this game. I had sort of predicted that Minnesota was really scuffling on offense. Josh Dobbs was named the starter. He did not finish the game. He was completely ineffective. Nick Mullen did come in. Nick Mullen led the only scoring drive. 
But man, the Raiders were just as bad with Aiden O'Connell. Josh Jacobs got hurt. He went out, you know, with like 30 yards rushing. His knee uh, got banged up in the fourth quarter. Bad, bad game for them. If you told me that, you know, Minnesota was going to win this game three to nothing, I would have told you you're crazy, that the Raiders would at least be able to put something on the board. They weren't. And I walked out of this game with a tie. So I did put the 330 back in my bank, but not a great result. Unwatchable. Yeah, unwatchable game. Uh, Justin Jefferson came back and got injured again in that game and had to had to sit out. Um, really, I think this is a play where you're lucky your other games were on so that you can watch those because this is not <laughs> one that was worth uh, worth continuing to pursue. Well, speaking of unwatchable and speaking of other games that I had, my third bet was a money line bet. I had Denver plus 120 going into L.A. to play the Chargers, 230 to win 276. I got to say, I know my Chargers. I nailed this bet. I saw them as listless. I saw them as really sort of stumbling the last few weeks. They barely beat New England in New England in crappy weather. And what I said was, even the best pieces about the Chargers were starting to get banged up, and that only got worse. Justin Herbert is now done for the season with a broken finger in his right hand. Keenan Allen has already been announced that he's out next week with a bad heel, and they just rolled over, and Denver rolled over them uh, with good defense and enough offense from Russell Wilson that suddenly the Denver Broncos are really rolling right now. The only thing that did not happen in this game, as I had hoped, is that Brandon Staley, I believe, is still employed by the Chargers. <laughs> I was, yeah, I didn't. We didn't get quite the whipped cream and cherry on the end of that loss, but I'm really happy that I, I you know, that I handicapped the game correctly and I got some plus money there with that money line bet. Yeah, the plus money is always fun to get, and. You know, if this Bill Belichick uh, rumor was correct and he gets fired before Brandon Staley, boy, that's a surprise for me. That's that's just Staley just has to go. Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine he's going to be the coach next year. I, I you you got to think that he's lost the locker room at this point. They have just really, you know, the, they're just not putting up a fight now, and and that's. That's sad to see. I'm used to it as a Charger fan. But so anyway, I finished the week with 1676. Uh, I'm about a thousand dollars behind you, but I am also up for the year. So I'm at 14571. We're both doing pretty well. I love that. Yeah. And we got an army following us. How'd our army do this week? Dude, our army, you're going to be shocked at some of these. Okay. I don't know what you're going to be shocked at more. Listen to this one. Donnie Wheels had an amazing, amazing week, and he actually posted on Twitter and showed a couple of tickets where, you know, he basically won everything. Everything he touched went went well. He had a parlay with Denver money line, Buffalo money line, and Chicago money line, and those all three came in. Yes, they did. He also had the Giants, he had Cleveland, he had New Orleans. I mean, that's six teams right there, all all winning. Uh, big, big, great job for Donnie. So I couldn't even calculate how much he won. Way to go, Donnie Wheels. I love it. We had one more undefeated this week, and that was Bill Kuklanis. He had the Giants. He had Seattle with more points. I think he was getting 14 and a half, so he mm -hmm. actually won on that game. And then uh, he had Buffalo as well, so great for him. Uh, RJ continues to win. He's 2-1. and one. He had Cleveland. He had Chicago. Um, we had, uh, Dave Barron's went two and one. He also had the Bengals. He had the bears. Good for him. 
Uh, here's a surprise. Uh, Dave Siegel took a golden sombrero along with our good friend John Zvagdis. No, you're kidding. What happened? Yeah. Who was who who John on? I didn't write down. Uh, John, I think, was on Detroit. Um, I, he had... Uh, I didn't write them all down because they didn't come in. So, but I remember him having Detroit, uh, which which was a tough loss for him. Uh, and then, of course, my cousin Nick decided that he didn't like the matchups. So he, I saw that. Yeah. So he took a he, he abstained this week. He abstained and did just as well as Vagdis and Siegel. So go go figure. Well, knowing knowing cousin Nick, he's going to bet these games last week, but he's going to bet them next week now that he knows the results. It's easier to handicap. Seriously, he normally likes the Bears, so that one would have come in for him. So, oh well. But uh, yeah, that was the army last week. Some uh, some big numbers and a couple of surprises. But it's always good to see the participation. And uh, yeah, we'd love uh, all of our listeners to join the army and submit their picks. Tell us who they like by going to Twitter or X at One Bet Podcast. And we're trying to do some other posts in between. So interact with us and laugh with us and. Yeah, now we got both days of the weekend to do it. Yeah, well, John, uh, we feel your pain, buddy. We've all been there with the golden sombrero. It happens to the best of us, and you are certainly one of the best of us. So I know you're going to come back strong this week. All right, so I think we should take a break, catch our breath, uh, put a thousand new dollars into our bank, which is what we do on the Wanna Bet podcast, and we are going to make some bets for the upcoming week 15. What do you say? Yeah, let's do that. All right, we will be right back on the Wanna Bet podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, we are back on the WannaBet podcast. David Schiff here with Miles V, as always. And as always, as I said, what we do is we spend the first part of the podcast looking back and recapping. And now we are going to look ahead to week 15. We put $1,000 in our wallets every week. We have to make at least three bets. Each bet has to be at least $100, and we have to spend the entire $1,000. So I'm going to jump in here and start. And... So the bet I am making is on the Minnesota Vikings-Cincinnati Bengals game. Uh, And I will tell you that I really agonized between taking Cincinnati. uh, I think the spread started out at minus three and a half. Now it's down to minus three. Or the under. And I went back and forth here and I landed on the under. So I am betting 440 to win 400 that the under will be under 40 and a half points. And you might be saying, well, that's kind of an interesting bet because Cincinnati, uh, number one, has, and I'm just going to say it, a future starting quarterback in the NFL in Jake Browning. That guy is delivering numbers. He is, uh, once again, had a great game last week where he passed for two touchdowns and rushed for a third Cincinnati scored 34 points in each of the last two games. So you're saying, how does that line up for an under? And I will tell you what I'm seeing. So the two games that Cincinnati won and scored 34 points, those were against Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Jackson and Indianapolis are the number 24 and number 25 defense. They are not good defenses, even though Jacksonville has been a decent team. 
it is going to be a much different situation with Minnesota. Minnesota has a top 10 defense, and it's kind of gotten lost under the radar a little bit with what's going on with their offense, but they haven't allowed a touchdown in the last two games. They lost to the Bears two weeks ago, 12 to 10, and then as we've just talked about, they beat the Raiders three to nothing. So this is, I think, also the time when a new quarterback takes a step back a little bit. Browning has been doing well, but now there's more and more tape on him, and I think he's going to run into a much difficult, much more difficult situation. I still think Cincinnati is probably going to win this game largely because the Minnesota offense has just been so God awful. As we've said, uh, Dobbs that, you know, Bloom is off the rose. He is no longer in the picture. Nick Mullen, who did lead them on their only field goal scoring drive, he will be the starter again. But I just don't see Minnesota putting up a lot of offense And I think Cincinnati will put up a lot less offense than they have in the past. So I think that this 40 and a half number is pretty safe. And I've got this, you know, coming in. And by the way, you mentioned it, Justin Jefferson, he got hurt again. Um, You know, Dobbs did get sacked five times last week against the Raiders. So there's just a lot of bad offense, you know, which makes me, you know, really gravitate to the under here. Yeah. And I think your point about the Minnesota defense has gone largely unnoticed. It's a point I made early in the season. They got a new defensive coach and he's got some really interesting schemes and he blitzes a lot and he shows a lot of different looks. And, you know, Minnesota still has a winning record uh, and has been doing, you know, decent but uh, but their defense really has been w- – w- was their Achilles heel last year, and it's really come a long way. And because you are not taking Cincinnati at minus three, I'm going to. I'm going to be on the same game, and I'm going to take that Cincinnati. I think that's a smart bet too. Um, you know, I think – we're in the playoff hunt and it's just getting to be too late in the season to start switching your minds on which quarterback you want and trying to start Nick Mullins instead of Josh Dobbs. Now you're just, it, it it's just not right. Uh, and I think uh, what you're seeing in Browning is, is, is correct. Uh, you know, he's kind of picked off where, you know, Burroughs left off and, and they're not, doesn't seem like the Bengals are missing a lot with him at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in the running back position, I really like Mixon over Madison. Uh, I think that uh, Cincinnati also has another secondary running back who seems to do well in the game. Uh, so I think in the in the run in the running back position, they, they they're much better. Yeah. In the receiving core, um, I just don't know how effective Justin Jefferson is going to be if he does play. Whereas you know Chase has just been been great. Uh, Tyler Boyd's been fine. Uh, yeah, I kind of just like Cincinnati here to continue. They're at home, which I think is another big, uh, you know, advantage. So minus three at home uh, in a team that's still looking for a playoff spot. Uh, and I've been watching a lot of Minnesota. I'm, I'm going with with the Bengals. Yeah, I can't argue with you. Like I said, I was right there. And if I hadn't been kind of scarred by the Vikings last week and having them beat the Raiders three to nothing, which tied my bet, I would probably, you know, just because the defense actually played so well, it kind of won the game from him, for, for them. So I don't want that to happen again when they play Cincinnati. But I really do believe that Cincinnati will win the game. Uh, but regardless, I'm hoping for a low score. Yeah, well, it's it's minus one fifteen, so I'm taking this bet, betting three forty five to win three hundred. So I think Vegas thinks it's more likely than not that at three points, 
uh, the Bengals will win. If, if three and a half, that's where it gets a little bit uh, shaky. So we'll see if that hook ever comes into play. But we got him at three. There you go. So we will both be watching the Vikings Bengals very intently. Miles looking for Jake Browning to continue his magic and me looking for punts and downs and a lot of, uh, you know, slow, grindy football. All right. So that's our collective first bet. My second bet, um, a little interesting because it's a team I have not bet at all uh, this year, and that is the Indianapolis Colts, and they are minus two and a half over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm betting 330 to win 300, and the Colts have sort of unfolded in a strange way uh, just to explain why neither of us have really been on them. I don't know anything about the Colts. First of all, they started out with Jonathan Taylor having the long holdout in preseason. So I was sort of hesitant to jump on them. Them not really, you know, seeing, you know, what Anthony Richardson was going to do, how Taylor was going to perform. And then about four or five weeks into the season, Richardson goes down for the year. So now Gardner Minshew is the quarterback. And again, trying to figure them out. I still don't really know a lot about them. Uh, you know, Michael Pittman's going to have a thousand yard season. Zach Moss uh, has really had a decent uh, role as a backup for Taylor. But, you know, this game is really much more about Pittsburgh than it is about Indiana, Indiana, um, Indianapolis. The Pittsburgh Steelers, in all the conversations that we've had about teams playing bad offenses and things like that, they've done something pretty impressively bad the last couple of weeks. So listen to this. In the span of five days, so the Pittsburgh played last Thursday, so the Sunday game before that and then the Thursday game, they lost two games at home to two win teams. They have lost now collectively in a row to the Cardinals and the Patriots. That does not make the hometown Pittsburgh fans very happy. And I would say that they are a little bit of a team in crisis. Now you're seeing some of the Pittsburgh alumni like Ryan Clark and Ben Roethlisberger posting videos about how this team doesn't end understand the Pittsburgh way and that tradition of the Steelers always sort of finding themselves and riding the ship seems to be lost. And in the midst of all this, you know, Kenny Pickett is out. He's, you know, out for at least this game, which means Mitch Trubisky is going to be the quarterback leading Pittsburgh into Indianapolis. And he has just been wildly inconsistent, not good, um, not a good backup. And I think this is a situation where you have a team that's really scratching the head to find themselves going into a team that's playing fine. Gardner Minshew has been okay, not great. I put him in kind of the Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr category. He's good enough. He can move the team. They don't have to win by a lot. All they have to do is win by two and a half. I don't see Pittsburgh going in and scoring a lot of points in Indianapolis right now. I've actually got good news for you, bud, and that's the spread move to one and a half. So if you want it, you can have it at the minus one and a half. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Holy crap, one and a half. You know what? I'm going to take it at one and a half. This is breaking news here on the One Bet podcast. I love that. Actually, I think you did told me that and I didn't write it down. So yeah, one, one and a half is even better. And by the way, one other piece of news is that um, TJ Watt is being evaluated for a concussion. He had a wicked hit 
uh, a knee right to his lower jaw. So he may not even be available for Pittsburgh or may not be at full capacity. So that only, uh, you know, sends me leaning towards the Colts even more there. So, yes, thank you on that. I love it. One and a half. Uh, I, I am. Uh, I'm betting on the Colts to beat the Steelers. There you go. I've watched a lot of the Colts this year. I kind of like their team. I, I, I've always liked Gardner Minshew as a as a quarterback, and he distributes the ball really well. Um, you know, they've got a couple of receivers that, that get involved, and so it's not just Pittman, although he is the uh, the definitely the main receiver on that team. So. Yeah, the only thing I could say is I wonder if just all of that Pittsburgh ruckus, you know, if they, is that going to actually inspire them to do anything or is it going to be more of the same? It really is hard to watch Mitch Trubisky at the helm of that team. He is not good, uh, although there were times this year that Kenny Pickett didn't look so good either. So Pittsburgh does have a problem, uh, and uh, and Coach Tomlin is, uh, is possibly in danger of uh, finding that first season where he doesn't have a winning record. Yeah, I mean, when it was the last time in terms of Mitch Trubisky that people were talking about him in really positive terms, it's been, you know, when he was with the Bears several years ago, like he's just not somebody who like, you know, like a Joe Flacco has literally come off of his couch and is, you know, getting great press for Cleveland. Trubisky just does not inspire a lot of hope and confidence for me uh, as a better, and I don't think he does for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans either. Well, let me riff off that because my second bet is going to be on the Joe Flacco Browns minus three against the Chicago Bears. Hmm. Uh, that also is at minus one fifteen, so it's another three forty-five to win three hundred. And again, it's showing that Vegas is saying the Browns at minus three, you know, have a little bit the 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 edge at that. That spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Browns have an edge, period. The Browns have a pretty awesome defense. Uh, the Browns just beat a really good Jacksonville team last week, and I don't think the Bears are nearly as good as Jacksonville. Uh, you've got the Bears now on the road at Cleveland, and the Bears finally put two wins in a row together. That's the first time this season they did. Good for them, but I think this is where it ends. Uh, I don't think this team is really ready to make a playoff run. Uh, I think there are some things to be excited about if you're a Bears fan, particularly that next year you're likely to get the number one pick through the Carolina Panthers. But uh, Justin Fields has been playing fine. Um, you know, DJ Moore has been playing okay. They did beat a good uh, Detroit Lions team, but that was the game they got revved up for. That was the payback game. That was the rivalry. They're now on the road in Cleveland where, you know, Miles Garrett is leading a uh, great defensive squad. And Joe Flacco is finding ways to win uh, coming off the couch, like he said. So, um, you know, I'm hearing a lot of the Chicagoland radio and people starting to get behind the Bears. I think they're going to be sorely disappointed this week. And I don't think this is a good spot for them. And I think uh, this is going to be the the burst your bubble week for them where the Bears realize this just isn't going to be a year and they're going to start going back to having talks about is Matt Eberflus going to be the coach of the team <laughs> next year. I love that you can be in Chicago in the teeth of all this, just completely dissing the Bears and going against the conventional wisdom. Because even out here, I'm reading like Justin Fields coming off of his best game and he's putting it together and he's found a connection with more. And, you know, they've won three out of four now. And, uh, you know, there is some excitement in the press and the in the in the PR about him. 
but Miles, you are not feeling it at all. You are uh, riding the Joe Flacco bandwagon and you think Cleveland is going to take them. So I-, I admire your ability to stay strong in the face of uh, winds blowing the other way. Yeah, well, we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. It's a, probably an unpopular pick here if you live in Chicagoland, and if the uh, the death threats or phone calls start coming in, I'll certainly let you know. But I'm just <laughs> I'm not a believer yet. So, um, but uh, the Browns have have done done well. I didn't think they'd be as good this year, but uh, they they're certainly doing better than I had thought. And Joe Flacco uh, is putting on a, a great performance as a backup. Yeah, he just looks like a professional. Like I said last week, you can tell he's been there before. He's not phased by the rushes. He's making professional throws where only his guys can catch it. He's making the right reads. This is why you go out and get a backup like that. So yeah, good for you. Uh, I I just hope you don't run into a little bit of a a Chicago wave. Uh, So uh, we'll see. But you have a you have a pretty good pulse on the Bears. So uh, you know I like the analysis. So that leads to my last bet. And speaking of lines that are moving and and numbers and the number really being the key in this in this bet, I'm going to continue riding the Denver Broncos. And I have them at plus five and a half playing in Detroit. That is my last 230 to win 209. That number has already dropped to plus four since I made this pick at five and a half. So I'm going to take it at plus five and a half. And honestly, if it were four, I'm not sure that I would. That number uh, does mean a lot. And, uh, you know, let's look at a couple of things here. Uh, Denver has won six out of seven games, though they are playing a lot better, but they are going into Detroit and Detroit has really turned into this unpredictable team. Um, And my analysis is is that the game is going to be close and all it has to be is five and a half points close. Uh, Sort of a strange scenario. Detroit goes into their bye after eight weeks. They're six and two. After their bye, they're three and two, and they've got two huge problems that are very evident. Number one, they are turning the ball over at a record rate. And number two, their defense cannot get off the field. So in terms of turnovers, I believe Jared Goff has something like eight turnovers over the last four games, four interceptions and four fumbles. Um, That is not good news when you're going to play a team where the defense and the defensive line can get to the quarterback, and that is one of the Broncos' specialties. So I'm not sure what's going on with Detroit. They were everybody's darling and favorite early on, and we still like them, and they're a fun team to watch. They give up a ton of points. I think this is a situational game where – Denver at seven and six is really playing for something now. They're one of like five or six teams that are seven and six playing for those last couple of playoff spots. Uh, you know, Detroit needs a, a win at home. Uh, they've proven, aka Thanksgiving, that they don't always win at home when they should. I think they've got some trouble. And I think that there's enough Russell Wilson, enough Denver defense, enough uncertainty on the Denver side uh, that I will take those five and a half points. Uh, for with Denver, I think the good news is that you got the spread at the highest it's going to be. Um, the bad news, of course, is what that means is, is that everyone's betting on uh, on, on Detroit, Detroit, yeah, right, yeah. And to be honest, I almost wanted to take Detroit minus four and go up against you, where actually both of us could win, but I didn't have the nerve to do that. Uh, Denver is pretty much the hottest team around right now. Maybe them in the 49ers. They seem to be the hottest team in the AFC. I just don't know if they're going to keep it rolling. And I feel like this is one of those spot games where 
you know, you've always been good at picking the bounce back. And I don't know, could this be the week that Denver, uh, that Detroit bounces back? Or is this the week that Detroit just folds and says, you know what, Thanksgiving has been, uh, you know, a, a bad sign and we play, you know, a bad loss against the Bears and a, and a lucky win against the Bears, you know, where they made a comeback. Who knows? Uh, they really are a strange team right now and they need to figure it out because the NFC North is up for grabs. Yeah. And an interesting point that even though Detroit, you know, has a decent record, they haven't had a win by more than five points since the Raiders, like in week nine. So even though they've been getting some wins, they, you know, they have won games 31, 26, 41, 38. So when they score a lot of points, they also give up a lot of points. Uh, And I think that that bodes well for me and having Denver in five and a half and their ability to keep it close uh, in Detroit. That's what I'm banking on in this game. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, My last bet is, could be a surprise to some, Uh, I am taking the Philadelphia Eagles minus four against Seattle. And the reason that could be a surprise is because the last two weeks I've bet against the Eagles. Uh, I bet against them when they played uh, Dallas last week. And the week before that, I bet against them when they played against San Francisco. Uh, I've been saying that the Eagles just have such a tough schedule and that uh, they ran into, you know, the buzzsaw and that they need a cupcake. I think Seattle could be their cupcake. I mean, there's two things at play here. One, it's Monday night, so they do get an extra day of rest, which they need more than any other team in the league. And Seattle just, you know, is not what I thought they were going to be this year. And it's it's unclear who's going to be the quarterback as of now. I think it is going to be Drew Locke, who, while he did play well last week, I just don't think uh, against Philadelphia uh, is going to be as effective. And Philadelphia is at one of those bounce back moments where I think this is where they need to say, okay, we lost a couple games, let's regroup and let's show everyone just how good we are. I think the stock's trading low right now. People are not all that excited about them, given that they lost the last two in a row. I think this is the week they turn it around. I know it's hard to do in Seattle with the 12th man, but um, this is where I think they take over and take control of their destiny. So I've been watching them. Uh, I knew they were going to lose, but I know that they're better than those games that they lost. And I think this is the week we see them come back to normal. We've talked about this a lot, but these are two teams that are both coming out of brutal scheduling uh, scenarios. Uh, You know, the poor Seahawks have lost four in a row. They had to play San Francisco twice in there. Uh, They also had to play Dallas. Uh, The only solace for them is after those two crazy road games of at Dallas and at San Francisco, they do get to come home and play at home against Philadelphia. And as we talked about, you know, Philadelphia had the 49ers and Dallas and Kansas City in there. It's been a brutal schedule for me, uh, for them as well. The the, the only thing I, I just worry about how tired Philadelphia is and going to Seattle is always such a pain in the ass. It's the longest trip. Uh, And for a team that has just been beaten down the last couple of weeks to make this trip into Seattle to play in that stadium, uh, Seattle hasn't been home for two weeks. I wouldn't make this bet, to be honest with you. I I hear why you're doing it, but I just wouldn't be betting on, on Philadelphia right now. I just wouldn't be doing it. 
I can understand. And it's the Monday night game, which I've been betting a lot of the Monday night games because I just, I don't know if I'm looking for drama and I want the week to unfold later. Where where is your bet on the under? I'm surprised you didn't bet the under on the Monday night game. That's, that's your bet, right? That that was my bet earlier. I think, uh, I feel like now the, the lines have come down a little bit and now some of the overs are hitting more than, than they're than the unders so yeah uh, i'm taking a break on the over unders the totals this week oddly you know i didn't even mention that you're over on the over unders and yet that's that's your first bet of the week so we'll see how that one comes in <laughs> yeah i have not been great on those but uh, you know you got to go with the feeling you got to go with the data you got to go with the analysis uh so we'll see how it goes so those are our bets miles what do you say? Yeah, I say that uh, we got some Saturday games going. We got some Sunday games going. We got a Monday night game going. So I think there's going to be a lot of time in front of the TV. And uh, I'm excited about it. And I'm hoping that uh, we can continue our, our streak of, uh, of cashing over here. And I'd like to see you continue to cash as well. I would love that. So let's recap our bets quickly, then we'll get on out of here. Uh, So we're both on the Minnesota-Cincinnati game. I have the under at 40 and a half because I think it's going to be an offensive slog. Whereas you... Yeah, and I'm taking uh, the the Bengals minus three, and that's at a minus 115. Look for that to change during the week. It'll either, the spread will either go up or hopefully that 115 will even out at a 110. Yeah. Well, we're both going to be watching that game intently. Uh, I then have the Indianapolis... Indianapolis Colts at minus two and a half because the Pittsburgh one and a half, Steelers, one and a half. Take that point. You're going to need yeah, it. See, uh, you know, I wrote my notes here. Yeah. One and a half, even better. Uh, Pittsburgh does not have an offense. Indianapolis has been a mystery to me, but a good enough mystery that I think that they will win this bet. Three thirty to win 300. And my final bet, I've got Denver plus five and a half, not four as the line is now plus five and a half going into Detroit to beat the Lions, or at least uh, cover against the Lions, 230 to win 209. And rounding out my bets, so we talked about the Bengals minus 3 at minus 115. I'm also taking the Browns at home minus 3 at minus 115, and that's against the Bears. And then I'm taking the Eagles, who are a road favorite. So alert, alert, we're violating rule one. <laughs> uh, they're playing Seattle, uh, betting 310 to win 282 on that game, hoping that the Eagles come right back and show us that they belong amongst the NFC contenders. Those are the bets for the one Bet podcast. Miles and I both cashed last week. We are both up for the year. Uh, Miles more than I, but we both seem to know what we're doing a little bit. So continue to follow us. Get all your news. Get all your takes. Get all your lines from us. We'll be doing it for the rest of the season. Miles, let's get out of here. What do you have to say? I got to say, I love your body, Larry, and good luck to the one about Army, and we will be back in, uh, in no time flat. All right. Peace out, everybody. Have a great week. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic.
Electricast. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Electric Acid. Electric Acid.